back to Rough in the Basket. This is my favorite day of the year, the day that I get to talk about the Detroit Lions in an appropriate context, finally. We're going over the NFC North. So that division has the Bears, Lions, Vikings, Packers. Yeah, basically, it's a, it's kind of a shit show. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be an interesting time talking about this. Got some thoughts on the Lions and uh, got some thoughts on all the teams in this division. So joined here in this podcast is uh, Brandon Carr. Hello, Carr. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm excited because you get to talk about the Lions. So I'll let you start off with them when we get to them. But yeah, the NFC North, we finished all of the AFC editions of these division breakdowns. Make sure you guys go check that out. We finished, wrapped up with the AFC North a few days ago, but now here we are with the NFC North edition. Very excited to talk about these four teams, but without further ado, let's just get right into it. Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. All right, so Bears are not going to be good this year. I think we can go on to the Lions. No, no, no. Just <laughs> uh, no, Justin Fields, look, I still have not given up on Justin Fields. I, I believe that given the right situation, he can produce. The problem is that when you have a team whose offensive lineman is given up like 57, 58 sacks a year, uh, you have no offensive lineman, you have no protection for him. You have no wide receivers that are notable. I think the biggest offseason acquisition for them this entire offseason was probably 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 uh, Nikhil Harry. And uh, Nikhil Harry has been a bust for the Patriots for a long time at the wide receiver section. So they're, they have not gotten better at all. Their running backs are, I mean, look, their running game is like the only hope that they have. David Montgomery has been pretty solid. Khalil Herbert last year when Montgomery went down, played pretty well. I got some fantasy points for him last year. I had him playing. So look, their defense got worse. Uh, they don't have Khalil Mack anymore, and I believe the second best guy on this team wants out Robert Quinn, from what I've heard. So basically, it's just it's not a good time in Chicago right now for Bears fans. Sorry, Dylan, I got bad news for you. Your team is not going to be very good this year. Dylan's, Dylan's a Packers fan. No, my team, my, uh, my oh, friend, uh, yeah, yeah. We oh, okay, two, two different Dylans. Two different, two different Dylans. Dylans out here. That's funny because they both got stakes in this division, one with the Packers yep. and uh, one with the Bears, but – Okay. You know something, man? I think the Bears, the, the best that I can say about this team is that, I mean, look, if Justin Fields improves a lot, that's a good sign. But I think even he, if he improves a lot, I just cannot see this team finishing above like four wins. I don't know. I, I don't see very much success. I think they're going to be finishing with uh, one of the worst records in the league. Their defense is going to be not that great. I mean, their defense has been great for years, too. That's the thing. That's that's the one thing that's kept them uh, mediocre many years, or at least uh, vying for a playoff spot. This year, that is not the case. They've had some guys go. They haven't been able to really replace them well. I think th this team is just a mess, man. I don't know. Maybe this is my biased Lions perspective coming out. I don't know. But I, I just I haven't heard anything really good about the Bears this offseason. So, look. Justin Fields, hopefully he can improve. And if he can improve a lot, maybe they get to seven wins. If he doesn't improve at all, they're going to finish with three. And if he improves a little bit, maybe they get six. But I'm going with – I think they're going to get four wins. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you. Four wins is where I have the Bears. And, like, I feel bad for Justin Fields, man. Like, this is really a not a great situation for him. Look, Darno Mooney I really like. I think Darno Mooney could – 
definitely surpassed a thousand yards this season. I think he's a very good wide receiver. We saw it last year. The, the Justin Fields and Darno Mooney connection was fancy. It was really good. Like it they had showed promise that they, they both scenes walked in with each other. The chemistry was very good between those two guys, but I mean, outside of that, they really don't have much. Pyron Pringle dealing with injuries. Vilas Jones, they drafted. He's dealing with injuries. Nikhil Harry is already going to be out for a significant amount of time with an ankle injury. So really don't have much to offer outside of Darnell Mooney. I like the running game. I like Montgomery. I like Khalil Herbert. Tristan Ebner is their fourth string running back. I do like him a little bit too. So they have a pretty decent running game. And I think that's probably what the Bears are going to kind of rely on. But I mean, outside of that, like their offensive line isn't really that great. Like I would probably put them between 20 and 32nd in the NFL. Like they're around like that, that range in terms of their offensive line. I like the Riley Reef pickup. He's a pretty solid player, but outside of that, they're not really that great. I know they've been kind of shopping around Tevin Jenkins as well, who they drafted in the second round last season. So this offensive line isn't really particularly that great. And then you talked about some of the defensive players, Robert Quinn, I believe he's been holding out in training camp. So whether or not he's going to come back, that's going to be a big question mark. He had a monster season last year. I think he had like 18 and a half sacks or 19 and a half sacks around that range. Roquan Smith, he requested a trade. He made that public on Twitter. And honestly, that if you like read what he said, it did not look good for Ryan Poles, their new general manager. Like they, he basically said like, Oh, that like they they didn't give me a fair offer. Like, you know, they're using me, this, this, and that. Like, if you guys haven't seen that tweet that Roquan Smith put out, this whole statement, I would suggest reading it. To me, it just didn't really seem like it was glowing reviews about Ryan Pohl. So that doesn't really sound great for a team that, you know, is in this type of situation right now. I think they're in a rebuilding year. They have some pretty good pieces. Like I like Jalen Johnson. I like Kyler Gordon, who they drafted, Jaquan Brisker. I there's another guy who I think they drafted this year. Yeah, he was this year's draft pick. He's a pretty good player too. So they have some guys I do like on their defense. You're going to be starting some rookies. Eddie Jackson has fallen off a cliff at this point. He's not a very good safety anymore, but there's really not much to kind of really dive into with this team. Like they don't, if you have to trade Roquan Smith or Robert Quinn, you might have to trade him too. Like, I mean, there's really not much to offer. Like they have some young guys. They'll get the reps. Like this is a rebuilding team. And with the new first-year head coach, Matt Eberflus, like, you know, he's a defensive-minded guy. So maybe the defense does pretty decent. But, again, they really don't have a lot of, like, star power on this team. And Justin Fields, you want him to develop, but he's not really in the best situation to do so. So I think four wins is probably where I see this team. Like, this is a rebuilding year. They're going to have a high draft pick next year. And – this is a team that next year will have a lot of cap space in the off season. So I do think that like they'll try to make some sign-ins and try to help Justin Fields out, but uh, it's really a bad situation for Justin Fields. I do feel bad for him and it kind of stinks, you know, to be on a team that is this poor around him. So I kind of just feel like the bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the league next season. I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's really sad what's going to happen with Justin Fields' career because unless he's just on that next level and he takes a huge step forward, I just even, – even if he does, man, like I said, I think the ceiling for this team is seven wins. I see this becoming a situation very similar to what David Carr, the, the brother of Derek Carr, had oh, yeah. mm-hmm. with the Texans. I mean, technically, if you look at his stats, like he, he was technically a bust, 
But you you have to look through this guy's numbers, David Carr, what he went through. I mean, his rookie season, he started every game. He went 4-12. and 12. He got sacked 76 times. That's crazy. Like the, the third season, second season, he got injured after 11 games. So that doesn't really matter. Third season had 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, was sacked 49 times. That was a league high too. Fourth season, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 68 sacks. So look, basically what I'm trying to say is I could see this being a situation where Justin Fields is, is constantly improving and constantly doing everything he can to make his team win, but they're just not going to have the pieces around him. And this is something that I could see ending very badly. I mean, I, I don't see him having immediate success in the NFL just because of what's around him, which, you know, if maybe if he was in a, a better situation, like maybe if he went to, I don't know, the Jets, I mean, the Jets definitely have more talent than what they have with the Bears right now, at wide receiver. If he went there, maybe, or if he went to another situation like the Patriots, maybe last season, he got drafted there. I think he would probably be in the same position that Mac Jones or, or Davis Mills is right now, where at least they're being looked at as like, all right, or at, at least I'll put my Davis Mills bias on the sides for a moment. But Mac Jones at least is being viewed as like a, a very high, high quality quarterback that can at least run an offense going into year two because of what he's done from year one. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people are viewing Justin Fields as that right now, but it's because of the situation, man. I'm telling you, situation makes up probably about like, 60% of the things happen in the NFL and I just I feel bad for the guy but you know I can't really feel that bad for a guy who is playing for my rival and on top of that you know he's getting paid millions of dollars to worry about this so hey that's that's as much of my sympathies going for him now let's talk about some Lions so uh, <laughs> yeah that turned real quick but anyways with the Lions you know I'm excited for this season to be honest this is the first year in maybe five years where I've actually had hope they're gonna win more games than what they're projected to win like the over under for them same as the bears six and a half and to be honest with you i don't think they did that much in terms of upgrading through free agency i mean i'm looking at a list here they signed devin Funt. i'm sure a lot of people don't even know who that is tight end oh god yeah dj um, <laughs> shark i mean was probably their biggest acquisition made via free agency with a one year 10 million dollar deal mm-hmm. i mean their wide receivers like i i really don't think are that bad this year I mean, you have Onman Ra St. Brown, who was a fourth round pick last year, had 90 receptions, was able to really emerge as like a, a number one almost in their in their offense, at least receiving wise. And TJ Hawkinson, been consistent for years. I'm expecting him to once again be consistent in what he does, you know. I mean, now, here's the thing. They brought back Josh Reynolds. He's an under, underrated wide receiver. He has a good repertoire yet already with uh, Jared Goff. He's been uh, there with the Rams and when he came in they really started to kind of find a flow and Jared Goff improved I mean the thing is, is a lot of people are giving Jared Goff a lot of heat for last season and I'm kind of in that camp too but in the six games where Dan Campbell took over and he he took over the responsibility of offensive coordinator from Anthony Lynn they were able to go three three and one if I'm not mistaken in those seven games or, or they went three and three in their last six I know that and Jared Goff was able to go 11 touchdowns and two interceptions in the last like six, seven games of the season. So there was a turnaround there. Their offensive line isn't terrible. They're, they're in an overall decent spot. I'm not going to say their offensive line is like a top five unit in the NFL, but it's, it's definitely not bottom five or bottom 10, which is, you know, good to hear as a, a Lions fan that at least there's protection there. Another thing they've struggled with for years is their running game. They've been able to get the the Andre Swift. They finally have an established number one number one guy, number one runner. 
and also great pass catcher out of the backfield. Jamal Williams, I mean, he'd come in there, contribute when need be. Drafting Jameson Williams was probably one of my favorite things about this offseason. They were able to get Aiden Hutchinson with the second overall pick. Probably should have been the first pick. Jags messed up on that one. So look, basically everything that they did this offseason, I'm kind of like in approval with what they did for once. They didn't go out there and spend a hundred millions of dollars on guys that may contribute or may break out. They were really focused on trying to build off of what they did last year. And, you know, when you're looking at that record and you say 313 and one, it's not a very promising situation. But when you go into those games and you see that they lost like six games by four points or, or seven points or less, whatever the stat was, I don't have that in front of me, but they lost a lot of close games. And I think when you bring in a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who can make an immediate defensive impact and actually get to the quarterback because that's one of the things they could not do last year they were ranked 30th in sacks so they could not ever get a tackle really on the QB suck that QB pressures and they're able to upgrade that this year and uh, hopefully their their cornerbacks take another step forward but what I'm really looking forward to with this team is, is being able to see if Dan Campbell and and you know, being able to see if that energy is going to translate into wins year two, because, you know, at the end of last season, I really felt like a lot of Lions fans had some hope for the future. And there's there's a good possibility that this year they're going to fall flat on their face like they have in the past. There's also a chance that I think that they're going to take a step forward and get eight or nine wins. You know, I, I said when they drafted in Hutchinson, when they drafted Jameson Williams out of Alabama, when I saw all of this, I was like, you know something, I think they're going to get eight wins. I know that's very high on a lot of people's radar, but I'm going to put my mouth out there and I'm going to put my thoughts out there with the the Lions and uh, I'm going to go eight games. Sounds probably pretty heinous, but you know something where we're going to try to believe that we actually have stability now. So I'm going to just, you know, deny that we're in a bad situation until we're, you know, one in, in 15 and one or whatever our record will be. So yeah, I'm going to say we're going to get eight wins this year. I don't have them winning eight games, but <laughs> I think <laughs> we're going back down to earth now. But I think six wins is where I see this team. And like, first of all, I want to ask you real quick. Have you seen like any of the hard knock stuff, like any of the clips, anything? I haven't, but I uh, believe it's probably the most entertaining hard knocks in a long time. It, it, it honestly, like it honestly is. And Look, I like I've I saw the first episode and I've become to really like Dan Campbell a lot more. I think his team kind of really plays hard for him, and I think he's got these players bought in, which is huge. You don't see that a ton in terms of coaches because like a lot of the coaches come and go because of that. And obviously, like what needs to happen is wins. Like the production needs to come and follow that in order for the players to stay bought in, but. You know, I saw Jamal Williams having that very passionate speech. Just he, he was crying because he was so just so like involved with the team. Like he was like, oh, I love you guys so much. I want to win for you guys. Like that's the stuff that you kind of like to see. And the camaraderie is there. Aiden Hutchinson has seen him, Billy Jean, the Michael Jackson song in front of everybody. Like that was I, that was an all timer hard knocks clip, by the way. That was an unbelievable clip. But yeah, I mean, the Lions, they have a lot of buzz right now to them, but I think six wins is kind of where I see this team right now. And look, they have a, they have a lot of good pieces. Like Jared Goff, like you were kind of mentioning, he kind of came on a little bit towards the end of the season, whether or not that was because of Dan Campbell's play calling, it could be that, but I think, you know, we saw Monroe St. Brown emerge. Jamison Williams, you know, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. We'll see him more. So I think in November is kind of where they're kind of timelining him for him to come back in the season. 
you have a good tight end, TJ Hawkinson. And honestly, I think you're kind of underselling how good this offensive line is. This offensive line, I think, is a top 10 unit in the NFL. They have Taylor Ducker is a good left tackle. Jonah Jackson's a very solid left guard. Frank Ragnow, I think, missed some games last season, but he's a very good – or I, I might be confusing him and Taylor Decker, but Panay Sewell, like he's – they drafted him last year in the first round. He was really starting to come on last season. So this offensive line is a, is a very good unit. I think they're a top 10 unit in the NFL. They could even be higher. Where I have my concern, though, with the Lions is their defense. Like, yes, Aiden Hutchinson's there, and he was – I think pretty impressive in his preseason debut. And he's going to be someone who is squarely going to be in that defensive rookie of the year conversation. Like he can absolutely do that, but there's a lot of question marks like Romeo Aquara, he's still out. And he was someone who I believe it might've been last year or two years ago, had a very good season for the lions. So they're kind of waiting him to win for him to come back. Their secondary is still questionable. Like Amani Awurie had like six, seven interceptions, but you know, you would expect that to come down a little bit. Um, and Jeff Okuda, like they drafted him a few years back with the third overall pick. Is he finally going to put it together and have that good of a season? Like, I think there's question marks more so for me on their defense, on the defensive side of the ball with the Lions. I think Aiden Hutchinson obviously is going to help out with that, though. Like he's a an absolutely great player and he has that type of like Bosa ceiling like he could be as good as Joey or Nick Bosa he has that in him so they have a lot of good talent but yeah I just think the defense is something I'm a little bit worried about with the Lions and their offense is very good I like DeAndre Swift I think he'll he was I think he'll have a good season like he'll be good in the passing game that's where he's kind of most effective and then you have Monroe St. Brown and mentioned DJ Chark sign him to a one-year contract see if he can end up producing but I think you got a good offensive line. You got some better weapons than you did last season. Jared Goff gets maybe gets a little bit more comfortable in this offense. And yeah, I think the Lions could absolutely win six games. And Dan Campbell is just, I'm I he's really is becoming one of my favorite coaches in the NFL just for off of what he's been able to establish with Detroit and their culture. Like you were not seeing this with Matt Patricia. You're not seeing this with some of their other coaches they've had in the past. Dan Campbell has this team bought in right now and you can just kind of see the camaraderie and the culture that has been established and again that needs to translate to wins but I think if the Lions win six games that's a successful season that's a step in the right direction they won three games last year right so that's yeah yeah so they're double in their win total from last season which I think is a W for them so I have them winning six games I wouldn't necessarily call it a W. I think it depends on how much they lose those other games by and if it's competitive okay. and all that. But yeah, yeah. And they were very competitive in every game. Like, that's something that you don't really see a whole lot of. Like, I mean, they could have beaten the Ravens, but they were a 66-yard field goal away, you know. Like, Justin Duggar has, doesn't hit that field goal, and then they have a win there. Like, you know, they, there could have been things that could have went differently for the Lions, but – Stay competitive. I think six wins. I and just in my opinion, I think that's a W. Like not like obviously you want them to to you know be like a playoff team, but like if they're doubling their win total from last season, that's a step in the right direction. They have the cap space next season. Like maybe then you start to add more pieces, and then you have a real chance. So I, I have the Lions winning six games. I think this is going to be a pretty good year for them. All right, fair enough. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with that. We'll we'll move on with our next team, which is the Vikings, and their over under is eight and a half, right? They're at I believe they're at nine and a half right now. Nine and a half. All right. Yep. Whatever they are, 
the Vikings, their offense at least, fun to watch, man. Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. I mean, th- this offense is not really the question mark. I think Kirk Cousins gets so much crap thrown his way for not being able to win big games and all this stuff. But, I mean, I think in reality, Kirk Cousins is actually a really good quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's been able to carve a career out of being uh, the second option to Robert Griffin the third. So to really see him be able to carve out an NFL career like this, I mean, last season he had something like 35 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and people were, you know, saying he wasn't winning games and he was at fault. And, like, I think this really comes down more to just the just the culture that they had before in the locker room and whatnot. Like, again, Mike Zimmer isn't really a guy that I want to, you know, accuse of whatever because he, he did do – pretty good with the Vikings. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, you live so long to to see yourself go from being the hero to the villain, you know, and he did a lot of notable things with the Vikings was able to lead them into the playoffs with Sam Bradford. I believe that was with Mike Zimmer, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. did a lot of things there, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, him and Kirk Cousins from what I have read in the off season did not get along very well. And then, I mean, when you have that kind of tension between your quarterback and your head coach, it's not going to go very well for your franchise. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think there was a lot of questions from the Vikings last season. And a lot of times they were not able to hold down their opponents and, you know, get more points than they needed to win games on the offensive side of the ball, unfortunately. But I think with the Vikings, they're a team, excuse me, I think they're a team that can win any game and also lose any game. I mean, like they lost the Lions, but they had a lot of very memorable wins last year. So with that being said, This year, they have everything back in place. They have a top three wide receiver in the NFL with Justin Jefferson. They have good quarterback, a running back who, I mean, if he could stay healthy, Dalvin Cook has established himself as a top five rusher when he's he's healthy, for sure. He's in that conversation. So, you know, I have no problem with saying that if it's nine and a half, uh, man, that's tough because, again, it's like they can win any game, but they can lose any game. So, I'm, I'm going to go definitely that they're going to have over 500. They're going to go nine and eight. But, man, it's just, again, it's like with my prediction with the Lions, there's going to have to be some games that the Vikings lose to be able to, you know, have that division be a little bit closer. And the Lions are going to have to beat them at least once. And, and with all that getting calculated in there, I just I can't give the Vikings more than nine wins. I think there's just something. I don't know what it is about this team, but there's always something that comes up and hinders them really having that success and I think ultimately with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers being there Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win this division again yeah I don't disagree with you with that but I have the Vikings winning 10 games and I think what that stems from is I think Kevin O'Connell like okay Mike Zimmer's had his success as an NFL head coach but what we've heard about him in terms of like him yelling at players and just kind of being like a hard ass in a way I think that stuff gets old and I think the Vikings players are just kind of sick of it at that point. Now you got Kevin O'Connell. He was someone who Sean McVay viewed very highly. I remember last off season, he had a couple of teams requesting to interview him and Sean McVay was like, no way. Like that's how highly Sean McVay viewed Kevin O'Connell. And he was a big part of the Rams offense last season. And he was calling plays for them at times. And He was the offensive coordinator. I think he was also quarterback's coach, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely offensive coordinator. He's going to bring that Rams-style type of offense to the Vikings, and I think that fits the bill for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, listen, if you guys haven't followed my TikTok, by the way, go follow it, Brandon Carr Sports, but 
I made a TikTok about Justin Jefferson. Listen, Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown Award last season, and it doesn't happen very often. I think the last person to do it before Cooper Cup was Steve Smith for the Panthers back in like 2005. If I were to bet money on a player to do it this year, not saying he's going to, but if I were to say like he's got a great, a real shot at it, Justin Jefferson is going to be that guy. Justin Jefferson, historic rookie season, follows it up with a 1,600-yard season in his sophomore year. I've been reading stuff and hearing stuff. Ian Rappaport had a whole thing because he was at Vikings training camp of how they're going to use Justin Jefferson, and they're going to try and get him the ball. They're going to put him on more favorable matchups. They're going to move him around, move him in the slot, move him to the outside, and try to get the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands as much as possible. And like, listen, for me, no slight to Cooper Cup, but I think Justin Jefferson is a better receiver than Cooper Cup is. And I think Justin Jefferson's more explosive, a better athlete than Cooper Cup is. And I think Justin Jefferson, I think he'll lead the league in receiving yards. I think he can absolutely have a triple crown award winning season. It'll be hard for him to do it because it doesn't happen very often, but I could see if Justin Jefferson is going to have that more of a Cooper cup role, he's going to absolutely feast and I can see it. He seems very excited about it. This team's got Dalvin cook. Who's going to be featured more in the passing game as well. He's a very explosive running back when he's healthy Adam Thielen is still a very solid receiver at this point in his career. The offensive line is a little iffy. I'm a little, I, have a little, I have my questions about them, but I think you have a quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who I think will be fine in this offense. You have Justin Jefferson, who I just think is going to go nuclear this season. When we did our fantasy wide receiver video, I did say Justin Jefferson would be the number one receiver. I mean, that's for good reason. He's going to absolutely, I think, have a huge season. In terms of their defense, I think my biggest question with them is, I look at their, like, secondary, it's not very good. Like, Cameron Dantzler and Patrick Peterson, they're their two corners. I know they're drafting Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. Like, could he step up? He, I don't think I've seen a lot on him on training camp. So that's someone who might be asked to play right away. I do like the pickup of Zadarius Smith. He, I think he's a very good player. He was with the Packers last season. I believe he had injuries. If Daniil Hunter can stay healthy, and if he can – I would honestly, if he can finally stay healthy – you know, Hunter, before he got injured, was a guy who was an all-pro. Like, he was really good. He might have had, like, a near 20-sack season. But, yeah, I think this team is going to be a 10-win team. I just view them very highly, and I think this offense is going to just have a, a really good season. And I'm kind of very excited to just see the schematic changes to this offense and just seeing Justin Jefferson have a just a historic season. I just view him in a different light this season than some receivers. Which is definitely fair, but I I don't think a single wide receiver can, you know, obviously, I mean, they, they can do a lot, but I think at the end of the day, there's there's two sides of the football. One of them's the offensive side and the defensive side. And it's about getting more points than, than you give up. And I think that defense is maybe not the best. And I think that's going to be their downfall this season. Yeah, and I mean, I, I could see that. The defense is something that I'm a little bit concerned about. But again, Daniel Hunter, if he can stay healthy. Darius Smith, if he can stay healthy. I, Harrison Smith is still there too. He's still a good safety. They, they have good players, but I just think the offense is really going to have a big season. And I think that could definitely win them 10 games. I have them at 10. I don't think they're going to be better than Green Bay this, this season, though. I still do not see that happening. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of transition to Green Bay with this because, I mean, the problem with Green Bay is that, I mean, obviously they gave up their best wide receiver, Devontae Adams, in the offseason to the Raiders. 
And that I think they're going to feel that impact at some point for sure. But at the same time, it's like, the, I feel like the Green Bay Packers are always finding these wide receivers like from nowhere, you know, like the Patriots have done that a lot with certain players, especially cornerbacks. They've been able to find these guys from like no name colleges and they somehow contribute immediately at an NFL level. And the Packers have been able to do this for years with guys, just random signings, you know, and uh, I think this year is no exception, even though they lost Avante Adams. And I think it is going to harm their offense a little. They're still the Green Bay Packers. They still have one of the best quarterbacks to ever do in Aaron Rodgers. They still have a, I would say, a fairly good run game. Like, the thing is, is, you know, their their number one running back isn't necessarily, like, a household name at this point, even though maybe, you know, Aaron Jones should begin to be a household name because he's been consistent for a while. They have A.J. Dillon, who, I mean, he's a fan favorite from Boston College. He's had a successful NFL career so far and could get more carries this year. But uh, I think one big name that we should be looking at is uh, Romeo Dubes. There's just something about that guy. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but I feel like he's going to have a big season. And actually, I have him in two fantasy football leagues, so I'm very big into him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, Alan Lazard is their number one, and they also have Sammy Watkins on their roster, but the problem is Sammy Watkins is injured basically more than half the season, almost every year it seems like it's that way. And, uh, you know, I mean, Christian Watson, they drafted in the second round. I think he was the 34th pick in the draft overall but you go on to the the defensive side of the ball and it's kind of interesting what they were able to do this offseason and on the defense side of the ball they drafted you know two guys in the first round both of them played for Georgia which is interesting enough they're trying to really rebuild that Georgia defense and how it was you know obviously this last season in college football was the most dominant defense arguably of all time but, you know, the, the special teams unit really struggled last year with the Packers and debatably was their downfall. And from what I'm seeing on their their special teams chart, they still have Mason Crosby as a kicker, which, like, he, he did not play well last season. And they brought in another guy to compete with him named Ramiz Ahmed. I don't really know anything about him, to be honest. He's 27 years old, so I guess he's been, you know, kicking professionally for a little bit now. But, again, it's like we don't really mention the special teams that much ever really as football fans especially the casual football fan will never bring that up but when you look at the game against the 49ers and why they lost it really came down to the special teams just completely blowing it multiple times and it just came down to really the lack of wide receivers they have and I don't see that they've changed any of that in this offseason they've they've arguably given up their wide receiver depth even more despite drafting two guys you know, a guy in the second round and a guy in the, the fourth or fifth round, whatever round it was that Dubes was selected in. It's just, it's concerning to me that it seems like every single year the Packers have these problems that they're one little solution away from winning a Super Bowl almost every season. And then instead of really drilling in on that one little solution, they end up making more problems for themselves than they do solutions. You know, and I think this is the problem that any Packers fan will describe to you. And it seems like this is something that is very constant with them. And I think that they're going to win this division without an issue. But come playoff time, I mean, they've been so convincing during the, the, the season. Every year, it seems like this is the year they're going to win. And they just don't. And obviously, I mean, Rodgers has won a Super Bowl before. It's not out of the question he'll do it again. But when you're reducing that, that wide receiver depth, and you're, you know, not really improving your special teams unit and you're not taking that seriously. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know how much I can really trust them come playoff time, but during regular season, I have no problem saying they're going to get 11 wins. 
But yeah, I mean, for me with the Packers, you talked about special teams. They actually, you remember the Raiders interim head coach last season, Rich Basakia? He is now the Packers special teams coach. So like, maybe there's improvement there. I know the Packers fired their special teams coach, which I don't blame them because you mentioned the 49ers debacle. Aaron Rodgers didn't have the best game of his career, but special teams obviously was a huge part of that as well. But my take on the Packers is I think they'll be fine. Devontae Adams, you're not going to replace his production because he is one of the best receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. He's the best right now, but this team still has Aaron Rodgers. And that was a big storyline at the beginning of the offseason, whether or not Aaron Rodgers will still be a Packer, signed a big-time contract, and he is still going to be with Green Bay. So you, obviously that's huge for them to have the two-time reigning MVP back-to-back still on the team. This team, I think, will – you know, rely heavy on that on Rodgers carrying them to victories, having the running game and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, very good duo as we've seen. But I think the receivers, that's a big question. Who's going to be that guy that steps up? I think Ellen Wazard's going to be that guy. I think he's the guy who, besides Randall Cobb on the roster, has the most chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And Ellen Wazard, I think, could have a real opportunity. I think honestly. Alan Lazard's going to have double-digit touchdowns this season. That's going to be my take because I think last season he might have been at like nine touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. I think now he'll take on a bigger role, and I think Alan Lazard, I think he's going to have a pretty good season. I think he'll have a big season. I think he's someone, if you're playing fantasy football and he's going pretty late right now, I would absolutely take a shot on Alan Lazard. I think he's going to have a big year, in my opinion. You mentioned Romeo Dobbs, who has been – a big time component to their offense and training camp. He was very good in his first preseason action yesterday. He's someone that's, I think, honestly, at this point is probably overtaking Christian Watson, who they drafted higher than Romeo Dubs. He could be someone that could end up stepping up. And if he continues the great training camp that he's had, the great preseason game that he had, he has a couple more preseason games left. If he continues that, Romeo Dubs, I mean, he could absolutely step up and be a starting one of the starting wide receivers during week one of the season. Like he's been someone that, you know, like Packers wide receivers usually don't do great. So that's why I'm like kind of tampering my expectations right now. They really don't have much. So if he's going to be someone that can step up and continue to do so, why not play him? Right. You have Sammy Watkins, you have Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon. One of my biggest questions, though, is David Bakhtiari and his health. He played, I think, like 25 snaps last season. And now it seems like he might not even be ready for week one. And that's a huge concern. He tore his ACL, and he's just not been able to recover from that. Um, He tore his ACL late. I think it might have been like two years ago. He's one of the best left tackles in the NFL when he's healthy. Seems like he's not healthy right now. So that's something that's going to be a huge concern. Other than that, they have a pretty decent offensive line. Josh Myers, I believe, was a kid they drafted last season. He was very good as a rookie. So, you know, I think Rodgers can make things work. But I think what this really comes down to as well is this defense. And this defense I view in a very high note. Again, used two first-round picks on two defensive players. You used one, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, like you mentioned. Rashawn Gary took a big step last season. Big thing that that should be mentioned is Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the NFL when healthy, was not healthy last season. Now he's going to be healthy. So now you have a guy in Jair Alexander who was a shutdown corner. Eric Stokes, who they drafted last year, actually played pretty well. 
And if you remember Rasul Douglas, another guy they picked up from the Eagles practice squad last season, contributing in a big way. He's still on the team. You still have Devondre Campbell. You still have Preston Smith. The Packers are going to have a good defense this year. I think they can easily be a top 10 defense, potentially even a top five defense in the NFL. They have that level, I think, of depth on this team, not a lot of weaknesses with their defense. I think they're going to be very good. So I have the Packers winning 12 games. So I have them 12 and five. I think, you know, you still have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the receiver room is a question mark, but I think someone will step up. I think it'll be Alan Lazard. They won't give you Devontae Adams level production, but they will be pretty good. And I think, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to figure that out. And Matt, Matt LaFleur is still one of the best. I think he's one of the best head coaches in the NFL. He's just continuously been able to produce good teams. I have them winning 12 games. All right, fair enough. Well, that just about does it with our NFC North commentary. You know, definitely a lot of notes, a lot of very passionate remarks about my Detroit Lions. But Eight wins, uh, eight wins ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you guys write that down. I'll, I'll be clipping that one for sure. I have to. You heard it here first, man. Yeah, during our upcoming 0-17 game season, I think this is going to be a very interesting take in the in hindsight. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they can do it. And I, I mean, the, the, their ceiling is like a nine, eight-win team, like they eight or nine-win team. Like they can take that step forward. But NFC North, that's our first NFC edition of our division breakdowns. Make sure you guys go check out all of the AFC ones that we've done. And then we will be moving on to our next NFC division next week. So that's it for this episode of Rough in the Basket. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Rough the Basket. You can follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket. Make sure to go check out all of Noah's wonderful reels that he has put out. Thank you guys for the support with the reels and the likes and follows on the Instagram. Make sure you guys go check that out. But Follow me on Twitter at bcar underscore 13. And you can follow Noah on Instagram at mburnt37. Got anything this week for me, Noah? All, all I got to say, follow the Instagram account. Some yep. interesting facts there. Yep, Noah's killing it with the Instagram. Go follow it. Some of our reels have been doing very well, and that's because of you guys. So thank you guys so much for that. And thank you guys so much for the support in general with Rough in the Basket. A lot of great content coming to you guys in the near future. So... Thank you guys so much for listening this week and we will see you guys next week. Peace.